Happy, Happy Tuesday. Whoa, he threw me off. <laughs> hey. My name is Alan. And my name is Nick. And welcome into, into the dungeon. So we pick up this week in the makeshift camp in Sebastian's cave, where shrewd shrubberies, aka Bernie's bonsais, appear to have decided to make their way towards the Circle of Thunder. What are shrewd shrubberies doing then? Well, we'll be, as usual, taking watch. I'll take the first watch. I'll let Fena and Thavian sleep. And then it's up to them who wants to take the second watch. And third. Well, you guys uh, deserve some rest. I'll take the first watch, don't worry, and you can pick it up after me. Okay, yes, sir. Wake me up next, though. Yes, of I course. want to. I feel this power in my fingertips. Really? Hmm. Okay. And so Shu's gonna take this first watch as Fen and Fabian settle down for the night. Okay, so Shu's gonna take this first watch, which passes without incident. Has Shu been doing anything during this watch? During my short rest, I would have been checking out the cape trying to see if I can figure out what it does. The one I'm wearing, the one with the feathers. And also the statuette, the mermaid statuette. See if that has any magic. Whilst you're warming yourself by the fire, as your companions take their rest, you spend that time studying these items. After a short while you notice, and you're confident that the statuette of the mermaid contains nothing magical. But this exquisite looking feathered cloak does give off a magical aura. And as you continue to study it, running your fingers through the fine fibers that make it up, these beautiful threads, you learn that this is a cloak of many fashions. Hmm. Many fashions, you say? Many fashions. What does it do? Whilst wearing this cloak, you can use a bonus action to change the style, color, and apparent quality of the garment. The cloak's weight doesn't change, and regardless of its appearance, the cloak can't be anything but a cloak although it can duplicate the appearance of other magical cloaks. It's a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slightly disappointing. Such an epic cloak. Yeah, it looks far fancier than what it actually is. Hmm. Suppose maybe in role plays if you're trying to get into a, a place, place of high society and, and all that. Yeah, I'll, st- I'll still wear it, you know. I'll replace her with my old tattered cloak. And for now it's just going to look exactly the same as my old tattered cloak. Okay. With a toggle made out of the wood of Cinemus's tree that holds the cloak together. Does that bring your watch to an end then? Yes, if the time has passed, there's nothing else to do. That brings my, my watch to an end, yeah. And so you wake up Fabian? I wake up Fabian. <sighs> this is my turn already, Shrew. Yes, yes. Uh, sorry for, for, for waking you, but uh, my, t- my watch is over. Everything's fine. No sharks have crept out of the water to attack, Moesco is still dead, and the harpies seem content with the heart we fed them. Fantastic. Uh, what happened to that fancy cloak you had? Well, I'm wearing it. It's it's the magic of the cloak. You can make it look like any fashion you want. You can make it look like this, tattered, or 
like it used to look with the feathers. I'm gonna keep it like this for now, you know. Hmm. I don't understand these magical mm. items. Oh. oh, it's okay. You just do what you do, which you do perfectly fine. I don't understand the ways of warriors either. Oh, I don't... All those metal things hanging off you and the metal swords and metal armor. Ugh. Sends shivers down my spine, it does. Why don't you like metal? It comes from the earth. Yes, well, we've been over this before, Fabian. It it comes from the earth, but it, it passes through a lot of hands before it is what it is, you know. Um, wood, that's that's more tangible. It's more natural. It does not pass through many hands to no, make that no. Look at staff, my staff that you have. But this staff is, is merely a branch. Well, it's been carved. Yes, but by what hands, about what it about hasn't your... been smelted and added things added to it to make it harder. And yeah, no, no. This is natural. You mean apart from being carved and sanded and well, polished yes, but the, the, and oiled? The, 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 the essence of the wood remains. It's not adulterated by other unnatural elements and, you know, materials. You know what I'm saying, Fabian, of course. And what about the clothes you wear, then? These are just, you know, wool and cloth. This. Passed by hands and threads. Yes, yes, by hands, but nothing extra is added to it. You're not getting what I'm saying. This is all natural. And what about the leather armor you used to wear? Was that not an animal? Yes. And what about those sausages you eat? Let's not let's not go there, Fabian. Oh, for fuck's sake, would you both just shut up and go to sleep? Look it's been a long did. day. I've fallen off a cliff. Sorry, Fenna. We've killed that strange orc. Go to, go to bed. It's okay. We'll, we'll stop. I'm sorry. <sighs> Fabian, look what you did again. <laughs> you never learn. Anyway, I'm, I'm gonna get to bed. I'm rather tired and, and I feel a, a tail coming out of my bum now. Out of your bum? Yes, a, the tail of a, of, of, a, of a rat. I think I'm turning slightly again. It's been another fight and it seems that it's been another fight. And I'm starting to grow whiskers and a tail and turning into a were-rat. I think after this Night's rest, I'll probably revert back to normal shoe. I hope. But I was thinking, Fabian, what if I could step away from Fen? I don't want to wake her up again. What if I embrace this? Do you think it's a good idea? To become a were-rat? Yes. And what if you can't control it? Uh, that's the thing. I don't know if I would be able to, but let's say I would. Let's say there is a way. We talk to... Maybe we if we save Sister Gurel and... And she talks us through it, and there is a way to control the evil. I mean, it has its advantages. I, for one, uh, I fell off a cliff, and I took no damage. When I get hit by stuff, like the, the like the harpies, they inflicted no damage to me or to Fenner. I mean, if we're gonna, if we're, if, if we're gonna fight a dragon, we need all the help we can. I, I keep saying that, because it's true. And being able not to take any damage, or at least... And if you can't control it... And the evil consumes you. Then well, what? Well, we'll be in a pickle. You might be hunted down by Fandolin. Mm. Oh, or worse well. by Neverwinter. Mm. Perhaps Sister Grell is a... I imagine she's a, a sister of a good god. How would you take to what I can only describe as an evil creature? And anyway, didn't you... Oh, didn't you say that you were to protect the natural order of things? Isn't this a curse? Mm. Aren't you basically a, a monster... Yes, you're right. It would be an abomination, an unnatural creature. It shouldn't be around the woods. But I don't know. I don't know. I gotta think it through. I, 
It's, it's a bad idea, I know, I know. But how are we going to kill the dragon, Thadian? I still worry. Well, we did pretty well against that flying orc. Hmm. Not quite the same, but I see where you're going. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm feeling a bit more powerful. Hmm. I, you are, are you? Just a bit. I think with a few more hours sleep. Hmm. I don't know, and I can... I don't understand magic, or why I have this, but I've got this tingling sensation in my fingers. Yes, it wasn't you that fired that lightning at, at Moesco from up there. Yes. Rather impressive. I and just... you say you don't understand magic. Well, Who? look at you. You notice that he's still got like these little sparks in his eyes. And since you met Halia, you seem to have this spark in your eyes. I didn't notice that yesterday, but I can see it now. You think it's to do with Halia? Well, she was fine enough to put a spark in any man's eye. Let me feel your heart. And I put my palm on his chest. Oh yes, it's a flutter. I think you're in love, Fabian. Well, uh, love's perhaps a strong word, but certainly fine to look at. Hmm. Indeed. Anyway... With that thought, I leave you, and I'm going to go to bed, because I'm feeling rather tired. It's been a long day. Yes. Again. Yes. Almost seems like we've known each other longer than little more than two ten day. Well, we have, Fabian. Or do you forget? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> we knew each other from our time in... From Leilon, yeah. Yes, Leilon. It's late. Indeed. It's been eventful. Perhaps I, I took a knock on the head as well on the way. Well, get that tended too, and good night. Good night, I'll awake, Fenna. Mm-hmm. And I go to bed. So Fabian's watch passes without any any incidents either. Nothing that's caught his, his attention. The night's been eerily quiet. Nothing other than the wind and the crashing waves. Fenna. Fenna. <laughs> oh, okay, Fabian. It's my turn, I guess. Oh. That was a good sleep. I feel uh, invigorated, more powerful, somewhat stronger. I can feel the magic running through my veins. Do I have any whiskers, Fabian? Mm, that you do. Here, sort of in the middle. Looks a bit like a tash. Fenner slaps Fabian playfully. Uh, all right, then. I'll take this final watch. Then again, Fenner's watch passes without anything to grab her attention. Mm, boys, first light is breaking through. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, yes. No, no, no. Preposterous. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I like your sausage. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> Up to that point, I was going to say that he was probably dreaming of Harbin. Perhaps he is. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's a dragon. A dragon, I tell you. Hmm. True. Yeah, yes. Uh, Fabian. Yeah, what's wrong? Unless you want to become a permanent wear-at. No, no. Well, stop am I turned? I touch my body. I, see, I, I check for a tail. You still got a nubbin. Hmm. What's, what's wrong? And some whiskers. What's the matter? Is, is Sebastian back? No, Sebastian hasn't returned. Oh, is a watch over? Yes. Oh, it the, seems the, like I just fell asleep. The first light is breaking. I see. I feel, I feel strange. I feel more powerful, even. Hmm. So do I. As do I. I feel quicker. As if I can now get two attacks in. <laughs> instead of just the one. I see. That's, that's interesting. And if you haven't caught on, that means that true shrubberies have leveled up. Ding, 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 ding. Level six. Level six. All right, so we'll be rolling dice. Risking it. 
You're going to be risking it. Risking it for biscuit. Yeah, and I'll start off with Shrew, okay? So that's a d8 plus my constitution. Come on. Not bad. A 7. 7, 8, 9. So 9 extra HP. Okay, then I'm going to go and roll for Fena, which is also a d8. It is, but she has zero constitution. Well, that's another 7. Hmm. That will now take Fena up to 34 hit points. Very respectable. I have 49 myself. And now Fabian, which is also a d8 as a companion. Not so good. Not too bad. A 6 plus 2, 8. Okay, so that takes Fabian up to 47. Very good. Very nice. Very nice. Also, Shrew has now the ability and a kind of apology to those that like stringent rules, though we've probably been messing up certain rules as we've been playing along these 30-something episodes. 37 episodes. 37 episodes. To be fair, we did say in episode 0 that we wouldn't be too strict with certain rules and we've been homebrewing things as we go along. Yeah, but this one was a mistake. The same way that I turned into a frog when I shouldn't have a swim speed back in the ranch, Butterskull Ranch. Last episode I turned into a hunter shark, which is CR rating 2. And I got confused for a second and I thought the brown bear was CR rating 2 as well and that I could turn into a CR rating 2 creatures. But no, brown bear was 1, I could only turn into 1. Up to now, which I've leveled, and from now on I can turn into CR rating 2. So it's not a big deal, it's kind of just one episode away from leveling. Not a big deal. Okay, so we'll just penalize you for one episode of no, wild no. shaving. No, <laughs> so one episode of what? Of wild shaving. Oh, no, no. I cannot wild shape for the whole episode then. Yeah, banned. All right. <laughs> and other than that, yeah, I've got an extra spell that I can use, an extra spell slot, level 3. Nice. And the attacks of creatures are now considered magical. Which I have the chain, like I said last episode, so it doesn't really make a difference. All good. What about Fena and Fabian? Well, starting with Fabian. Fabian now has an extra attack. That's brilliant. And that means that whenever he uses the attack action, he now attacks twice instead of once. That's great. And that combined with his action surge means that on that particular round, Fabian could have up to four attacks. Whoa, that's crazy. Things are getting serious. Mm-hmm. Just when we need it. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. how that works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> and then moving on to Fenner. Fenner has now gained the potent cantrip. And this means that she can now add her spellcasting ability modifier to the damage she deals with any cantrip. That's big. That is big. And she also gets the level 2 spell aid. Oof. I'll just read that out for you. Yeah, I don't know what it does, but it sounds good. So this spell bolsters your allies with toughness and resolve. So Fenna can choose up to three creatures within range, the range being 30 feet, and each of those targets hit point maximum and current hit points increase by five for the duration, the duration of which is eight hours. Mm-hmm. So it basically heals five, but then gives you an extra five on top of your max HP? Yep. Awesome. For a whole eight hours. Wow. Eight hours, yeah. Uh, I, I hadn't caught on that. Eight hours. Basically a full stay of fighting or whatever. And it's not a concentration spell or anything. No. Ooh, that's epic. That is pretty epic. And out of the goodness and graciousness of my heart, because the companion system is a bit cack, and we will discuss that in proper in our end of campaign reflection, Finn is also getting one level three spell source. Ooh. Brilliant. 
which when combined with a new spell can make things even more interesting. Because when you cast aid using a spell slot of level 3 or higher, the hit points increase by an additional 5. Nice. So, so that would be 10. 10. But I'd probably just waste the third level spell slot on a guiding bolt to get that <laughs> juicy dice rolling. We'll see. We'll I, see. I thought you were going to say you are going to waste it on William. For healing, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a, a bit of a throwback yeah. to our episode, Nimble oh, as an Ox. Poor William. Poor William. Well, he's still alive, but I mean, yeah. he, had a, he had a hard time back there. Have you given any more thought as to how we're going to get that chest all the way into the woods and then back safely to Fandlin? Well, I suppose the only option we have is for me to wild shape into something and, and lug it all over back to wherever we're going. But for me, the, the, the more pressing concern is what then? What do, are we going straight to, to the Thunder Circle? Stone Thunder Circle, whatever it's called. Are we going straight there in Neverwinter Woods, or are we going to Fandling first? Because what are we going to do with a chest full of gold? Well, Fandling's three days away, and the Stone Circle, by my calculations, was five days from here. Stopping at Fandling would add another day or two. We may... Well, firstly, his sister Grell's been taken. She might not be alive by the time we get there, and then... I know what. Let's bury this treasure here, in this cave, and we'll come back for it. Wouldn't it be a bit obvious that something's being buried in the cave. Why? Well, this would be the first place I would look. In a cave? The cave leads into the lighthouse. Then where do you suggest we bury it? I don't know. On the beach somewhere? Easier to dig sand than rock. Hmm. Okay, so we need a marker though. How are we going to remember where we bury it? Or perhaps we can hide it in the lighthouse. No, no. It's easy to find if, if we just leave it there in, inside the lighthouse. Especially now since Moesco is dead. Anyone can walk in, even the harpies. Hmm. Why do you take it back to the ship now that you know it's there? Well, I'd have to waste one of my well shapes. I don't want to waste them right now, especially if we're going to turn, if I'm going to turn into a horse to, to make haste back to, you know, back to save Sister Garel. No, no. Let's just bury it and in, the, in the beach, but uh, we need a marker. Perhaps ten feet away from this cave. Okay. Is that too close, or...? Well, I don't know. I'm no pirate. Hmm. Arr. Neither am I. Well, I walk out of the cave and, you know, find a suitable place where I could bury it far enough from the cave. I want to try and remember where it's buried, maybe using the cliff as a reference. You know, if I see any... Do I see any... Well, there's the stairs carved into the the cliff. Even this just ten feet away from the cave, it should be easy enough to remember where you... No, I'm, I'm moving further away from it. Further away from it. And, yeah, if I see any kind of unusual spots on the cliff or maybe out at sea, something that I can triangulate with and, you know, find in the future. Something I'll remember. So you spend a little while looking around the beach, looking at the cliffs. Your eye focuses on this large crack on the cliff face upon which there's this giant boulder that looks as good a marker as any. That's the one. In line with that is where I bury this treasure. Okay, so you and your companions get a digging with your hands. Yeah, maybe we don't have. While using the shield to sort of scrape at the sand. Yeah, I could use my shield or the new shield we found, the bronze one. Alrighty then, your treasure chest is buried in this spot, which you have now ingrained into your memory. Good. What's the fastest land animal I can turn into? I'd imagine a horse. Then I want to turn into a horse. 
a fast horse. With a moustache. <laughs> of course. Before I do so, though, I tell my companions, let's um, walk up these stairs and get to the top of the cliff. I'll turn into a horse when we get there and we'll make haste to find Sister Gorel. What do you guys think? Sounds like a plan. Well, let's go. Why have you never turned into a... Why did we walk here if you could just turn into a horse? Well, we could have ridden you. We were stealthing, remember? Well, we were quite nonchalantly strolling across the hills at one point. Oh, and, and I do get tired myself, you know. And again, I, I like to keep my, my wild shapes for fighting. But it's pressing times, friend. We need to find this girl quickly. Anyway, let's, let's get going. And I start running up the stairs. Running up the stairs as Shrew, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't turned into a horse yet. You guys are now at the top of this cliff. Shrew's turning into a, a horse. First time. Yes, it's surprising, actually. <laughs> like Fabian said, I, I haven't turned into a horse yet. Thought I had, but no, no. No. Just to confirm, this horse has a red tash as well. Yeah, yeah, this, this horse has a red tash, of course. But it also has... A very red, curly mane. Mm. Almost like a perm, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing it. After you, Fana. And Fabian sort of gets down on his knee, offers her his hands to help her up onto Shrew. <coughs> oh, I'm not particularly good at riding. We haven't got a saddle, so... Hold me tight, Fabian. <coughs> and I look up, like, seeing it already. Yep, they're both ready. I get on my hind legs and do that, you know, like, <laughs> thingy that they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the back legs. What's that called? Uh, whatever. I, I think you described it perfectly. Yeah, okay. And I dash off. And just as you do that, Fenner, caught by surprise, she's sort of half dangling off this horse with this red mane. She's clutching really strongly onto your, your mane itself. She's sort of dangling off as Fabian sort of grabs her, drags her back on. Oh, Fenner! Oh, oh, easy boy, easy boy! You said you were galloping off? Yeah. I just want to make sure. Does this mean you're traveling at a fast pace then? Yeah, double pace. And so with that true shrubberies, are galloping off now across the, the coastline, heading towards the high road before they make their way to the Neverwinter Wood. Unlike the last day, or rather, the previous night, which had been pouring down with the rain as you fought Moesco. The day before had been one of snow. The weather's still cold. The wind still bites at you. But for a change, it's been a clear day. You feel the soft warmth of the winter sun warming you as you gallop. You spend a few hours charging along, eventually coming to the high road. And you're now at that crossroad where you had met Arun and his family, the shipwrecked elves. You continue to press a bit now as you make your way down the tribal trail. But even in beast form now, Shrew feels his muscles starting to ache, his back a little sore from carrying the weight of Fabian and Fenner. And you start thinking now about finding a place to make camp for the night. I think uh, Shrew's getting tired. Perhaps we should get him some hay and some water. And I, <laughs> and I pop out of horse form <laughs> into shrew. What do you mean, hay and water? I'll have a sausage if you don't mind. Do we have any sausages left? Of course. And I check my bag. 
as you say that you know Fen has been sent sprawling across the the grass as is Fabian, but they they're in good spirits, having defeated Moesco and having spent this lovely sunny winter's afternoon riding horseback or shrewback down the trail. And they're both rolling around in laughter in what seems like a, a nice day for a change. Hey, and water, I'll have you know. I'm searching through my through my bag. Do I see any sausages? We've got a lost sausage. Oh no! Disaster has stricken us. It's not looking particularly fresh either, having brought it from Fandolin. It's one last measly sausage, and it's not looking fresh. Mm, yeah, that doesn't look particularly tasty, I must say. I'll leave that one for you, Shrew. I, I don't want to have a tummy ache when we get to... No, I think it's best to leave it. Throw it away. When we get back to Fandling, I'll, I'll buy some more. I don't know what we're going to have for dinner now. This is a problem. I think it's the first time in my life I haven't had the comfort of a sausage. Well, we've got rations. Uh, they'll have to do, yes. Let's let's start a fire and... Oh, we can add some more. No, 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 no. We have rations. Let's let's stick to the rations. Let's not kill any creature unnecessarily. No, that's not, not, that's not the way of the droids. You do realize that those sausages are made from creatures... Shut up, Fabian. I'm saying that currently we have good food. We don't need to kill anymore. That's all I'm saying. I know where sausages come from. All right, then. Let's go get a camp set up. I go and look for some firewood. You spend a little time. You're able to find some some dry wood. Enough to get a fire going. Get the fire going. Take out the rations. Some water. You know, have the best meal we can have in under these circumstances. Do you really think that Sister Grell can help us, Shrew? Oh, I know she can. Of course. Of course she can help us. She's, she, she's a renowned cleric. No offense, Fena, but... You know, I'm sure she's very, very powerful and knows spells that none of us do. Well, I would hope so. Actually, comes to think of it, true, your whiskers have gone. Hmm. And I touch my tail. It's gone as well. My tail, too. I think when we aren't under duress and we we are not fighting or fleeing or, you know, seems to dissipate. It's good to know. Good to know. We still have time. We still have time. The effects of... Well, this lycanthropy have are not taking root yet. We'll be okay, Fenna. And if not, we'll just have Fabian as a snack. The hell you will. <laughs> Once I master this magic, and you sort of see him looking at his hands and sort of twiddling his fingers. Hmm. Perhaps I can change you into a boar. And we can all have sausages. <laughs> That's not very nice, Fabian. Having a sausage without me. Well, technically you'd be there. <laughs> He's going to be very disappointed once he casts that last <laughs> thunderbolt <laughs> and he loses his ability. I should come to think of it, perhaps I shouldn't have told you those three. Yeah, true. <laughs> that would have been uh, more fitting, yeah. narratively. Too late for that now. Yeah. Unless you want to give me four and not tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> As true shrubberies has their rations and huddles around this fire, the cool night air wraps around you all like a thick cloak. There's a silence as the late afternoon starts turning into early evening. The only sounds you hear, the occasional rustle of the leaves in the wind, the odd crow cawing in the distance, and the crackle of your campfire. Who's taking first watch? I'm pretty exhausted, right? After having basically carried these two on my back. So I'm not going to take first watch this time. I'm... I think I've earned a, a rest. So one of you take first watch. I'm, I'm going straight to bed. 
Wake me last, please. Very well, seems fair enough. I tuck into my bedroll. Fella, I'll take this first watch. All right, keep a sharp eye. We wouldn't want any of those half-orcs hunting Shrewdown to be here so close to the road. It seems that we avoided the road to get to the lighthouse and now we're following it. But anyway, keep your wits about you, Fabian. So Fabian's going to take that first watch. And as it comes to an end, he walks over to Fenner. Fenner. It's my turn already. Oh, my legs are quite sore. And Fenner wraps herself up tight in her cloak, still looking like this fat peasant. You really need to work on your disguise, Fabian. If anybody's seen you with, with Shrew, those locks are quite recognisable. Perhaps you take a page out of Shrew's book and give yourself a bit of a trim. I think you're sleep drunk, Fenner. And Fabian gets into his bedroll and sort of snuggles in, hankering down for the night now, as Fenner goes to take her watch. Fenner's watch passes, and much like Fabian's, all she heard was the rustling of the wind in the trees, occasional call crow. Distant hoot. Shrew. Shrew. <laughs> What's wrong, Fenner? It's time for your watch. Oh, damn it. I was having this lovely dream. I was running across a meadow. Yes, there were the ponies with me. We were, we were having, we were having such a good show. Yes, it's unfortunate. I've had to wake up for the best part. They were about to award me the medal. Sorry, is, uh, has everything... <laughs> I just see her stare me in yeah. confusion. <laughs> and I'm like, so sorry. Did the watch go well? Yes, sir. Nothing other than the sounds we'd expect at night time. Hmm, okay. Have a, have a good rest. I'll take it from here. Thank you. Yes, I could do with a couple more hours sleep. And that Fenner gets into a bedroll and gets some shut-eye. Okay, I open my satchel again my bag just to make sure that uh, there isn't a sausage there that I hadn't found and as I'm rummaging through it I kind of hit something with my hand something made out of glass and I remember that I had found a, a weird potion thing back in the lighthouse with a jellyfish inside oh yes well I'd forgot about you little critter I wonder what you do and as I'm taking the watch I want to try and figure out what this does okay roll me an investigation as well Okay, first D20 of the night for me. All right, natural one. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't roll them. No, I've got, I've got big boy trained, I told you. He won't roll a two, just natural ones, because he knows I can re-roll. See, that's better. Total of 17. As you pull the bottle from your bag, you catch a sight of a rogue sausage that has been left behind in your bag. Oh, really? All right, I pick that up and start munching away immediately. Ooh, I knew there was one of you rascals hiding around here. And this one doesn't look horrid like the other one did, right? Well, it's been in your backpack for four days now. Yeah, but it still looks fine, doesn't it? Seen better days. Looks edible. I kind of brush it off, take the mold off. Kind of, you know, when you've got stale bread and you've got maybe a bit of moldy bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you like take the corner, a bit of cheese that's grown <laughs> yeah. a bit of mold. You take that corner off, keep the rest. That's what I'm doing. Just better take a bit off, throw it in the fire. And whilst I'm checking this item, I'm eating this sausage. My spirits have been lifted. Awesome. I now have an inspiration, a dice of inspiration. I think you deserve one today. <laughs> Particularly for those those horse sound effects. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'll jot, take it. Jot down a DM's inspiration. Uh, nice. Thanks. As you're now inspecting this potion bottle, 
you can see in the fire's light, the liquid inside is green, and it's bubbling as you look at it, seeing this jellyfish almost magically swimming through it, as if it's part of the liquid itself inside. I'm going to ask you for an arcana check. 16. You start holding the bottle up to the light, sort of putting your ear on it as you slosh it around, then pop the cork off, and you get this strong scent of the sea, of salt, seaweed. You dip your little finger in it, get a little taste. You discover that this is, in fact, a potion of water breathing. <laughs> that would have been a good one to have back in the water. <laughs> yeah. Not for me, obviously. I, 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 well, shouldn't have, but I turned into a shark. But yeah, good to keep a hold of this one. You've got quite the, the collection of potions, huh? Yeah, I do. Yep. And the scrolls. Yeah, and after I deduce what that was, just carry on on my watch, making sure no one creeps up on us. Give me a perception check. 19. Now Shrew's keeping watch. The night is dark, and you can see through the light clouds that are blocking out the moon as they pass through. You grow wary that the moon is slowly going through its phases, and you know that the next full moon is now just five days away. You still have four days of travel. You sit there, listening to the wind rustle through the trees. Difficult to see far beyond the campfire's glow as it's so dark other than when the darkness is broken by the clouds passing which momentarily allows the moon's light to shine down your ears sort of crop up so you hear this strange noise in the darkness it sounds quite far away but it's a mix between these deep growls and the occasional <laughs> would i recognize what this is give me a nature check five sounds like a bear and an owl you also hear the howls of wolves in the distance. Animals are having a party, all getting together. Bears, owls, wolves. Sounds like it. Okay, I'm just gonna walk back to the fire, make it a bit bigger, and just stay behind the fire. Hopefully wild animals are afraid of fire. Hopefully it stays clear of it. The sounds of these creatures getting louder, more animated. Do I hear them coming towards me? It doesn't sound like they're coming towards you. But it almost sounds as if there's some kind of fight going on. A fight in my neighborhood, eh? Fight in my forests. Not good. You're hearing these growls, these shrieks and hoots. Okay, I can't. I can't. Occasional whimper. I can't. I can't. Can't stand around while this is going down. Sorry. I'm a druid, damn you! <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me in these tight spots. <sighs> Fuck. So, I'm. What am I hearing again? Like. Sound-wise, what, what animals am I picking up? You're picking up what sounds to you like wolves, a bear, an owl. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get a bit anxious here. There seems to be some poor animals in, in distress, eh? A bear fighting an owl. Oh, perhaps it's an owl riding a bear into a fight against wolves. This, this does not sound natural. Something is amiss here. Give me another nature check, this time with advantage. Okay, that was a six and a natural one, so I'll roll the natural one again. <laughs> and another six. <laughs> so, yeah. She was completely bamboozled still at this point. All these different sounds sort of throwing him off. I need, I need to check this out. And I want to turn into a giant boar. Alrighty then. Is this a, an Easter egg now that you're wearing the, the <laughs> yeah. pendant of Talos? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I could use this to fight the actual giant boar. It'd be a boar against boar. 
fight other titans. Mm. And I want to quietly at first make my way towards the ruckus. And you're doing this without waking your party up? Yes, as I usually do in very tricky situations. I tend to take the worst decisions and go on my own. So you're sneaking off into the woods as this giant boar. Give me a self-check with, with advantage. You're wearing your boots of elven kind that have milled into your trotters. <laughs> yeah. Those are the blind rolls, and it's a plus two on stealth. Then you start making your way towards this raucous, sort of twinkling your toes through the, the wood floor, you know, like hiding behind a rock, shuffling and, and hiding behind a tree. You find some bushes that you can hide and you sort of peek your snout through. You start sniffing the air, following your ears, trotting your way through this wood. And sure enough, as you get close, there's no mistaking that this is quite some fight that's going on. You're hearing these snarls and these howls. You're also hearing this strange chatter, almost humanoid chatter. Why are you actually making those sounds? Silently. <laughs> in, in your head, yeah? I'm panicking in my head, yeah. And you carry on making your way through the wood towards this noise. And you find this particularly large clump of bushes that's able to hide your large frame. And big booty. Your big booty, yeah. And you see there, in this clearing, this enormous bear with the head of an owl. You can see that it's been caught in a bear trap. And surrounded by a number of wolves and a couple of goblins. Fucking shit. One of which is sat on this particularly large and mean-looking wolf. Damn it. Give me a nature check. 17. This beast is significantly larger than the wolves. It's got this hunched back, these ferocious claws, quite a shorter snout as well than the wolves. You seem to recall having heard of these beasts before. Big wolves. This is a warg. Oh, damn. It's a large monstrosity. You know that these are evil predators that delight in hunting and devouring creatures which it considers weaker to itself. Bastards. You know as well that they are cunning and malevolent, that they typically roam the wilderness or raised by goblins and hobgoblins who use them as mounts, as this one is doing. They seem to be fully engaged in their quarry here. They haven't taken any note of this large boar hiding in the bush. You can see that they're carefully trying to wear out this owlbear. So how many am I seeing and how are they laid out here? And how far have I walked away from the camp? You're a good 500 feet or so away from your camp. Damn it, why did I go alone? As you're scanning this battlefield, you see that there's six goblins, this owlbear, four wolves, and this larger looking goblin sat atop of this warg. They've got this owlbear surrounded. And they haven't seen me, yeah? They have not seen you. Okay. I want to turn back into Shrew, and I cast Erupt in Earth. Okay, before you do so, I'm going to ask you to roll for initiative as we determine order before you take your surprise. <sighs> Come on, big boy. Big rolls, please. Please. I love you, big boy. Natural 20. <laughs> nice. So it'd be 22 for my initiative. Okay, so would you like to narrate what Erupting Earth does as it's the first time you've used it? Yeah, I choose a point I can see on the ground. It's a 120 feet range, and a fountain of churned earth and stone erupts in a 20 foot cube centered on the point I choose. Each creature in that area must make a dexterity saving throw, 
When a creature takes 3d12 bludgeoning damage on a failed save, it's a level 3 spell, or half as much as usual on a successful one. Additionally, the ground in the area becomes difficult terrain until cleared away. Each 5 foot square portion of the area requires at least 1 minute to clear by hand. So I want to target the goblin right in the wog, and if I can catch anyone else in that area, I want to do so too. So yeah, the most you can capture in that spell's area of effect would be the wog rider, two wolves and one goblin. And I take it you're trying to avoid the owlbear? Yeah, I want to try and avoid the owlbear for now. So yeah, those guys need to make dexterity saving throws. Here we go. First wolf. It's a 16 total. That one saves. Wolfie 2. 17 total. Yeah, that one saves. The goblin. A 4. Does not save. The walk rider. 22. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and now the walk. Total 15. Yeah, saves too. Oh, just the one failure then. So go ahead and roll for damage. Okay, here we go. That's a total of 26. Damage halved to 13. So as this eruption of earth explodes in front of the owlbear centered on its hunters, you see that the two wolves that were closest to the owlbear let out this whimper and sort of tossed and thrown about by the earth as they fall lifeless on the floor. You also see the goblin that had been caught in this similarly tossed and turned by the twisting earth as he also collapses on the floor. The larger goblinoid sat up atop the, the warg. Seems a bit shaken, but he's still standing there as he's looking around. As in he lets out this large shout. That's what we're going to call it a session. Damn you! No! <laughs> no! Not in the middle of a fight. What are you doing to our listeners? And to you're me. You've got to tune in next week. Damn it. As we always say, that, that was an interesting episode. You know... Up to the point where we were frolicking in the grass when they fell off the horse, off of shoe horse. Um, it seemed like an episode that was a tame one, one that wouldn't lead to any trouble. But then you had to go and throw a, a whole kind of hunt in it with a poor owl bear. Well, it was at relative safety from where you were. Yeah, but I'm a druid, you know I'm a druid. You can't be throwing hunters and beasts in distress and expect me not to sit around twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> it had to happen on your watch as well. <laughs> yeah. You know Shrew is a bit of a hothead. Yeah. And kind. He kind of rushes head on into danger. You know, act first, ask questions later. You're quite a few, quite a few feet away from your companions at this point. 500 feet, you said, right? Yeah. That's, that's worrying. Take you a few rounds to that's get back to camp. But anyway, if you want to continue listening to us talk about this past episode, make sure that you subscribe to one of our membership levels in Buy Me A Coffee. You'll find the link in i2td.com. That's our website. And you'll find all the links to everything we have, the Twitter, the Buy Me A Coffee, everything. So if you want to become a member and listen to the Into the Studio, where we go over this episode the day after the actual play launches, make sure to join there. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please give us a, a review or a rating on your podcast player of choice. Or if you follow us on YouTube, smash that like button, hit smash. subscribe, smash. ring our little ding-a-ling bell. Because every, every little helps. If you, if you enjoy us, share, share an episode. 
with yeah. your friends and loved ones. That helps a lot. That helps extremely. And that brings us to today's promo from afar, the podcast. Adventure, laughter, and a complete disregard for the rules. From Afar Podcast is a Dungeons & Dragons 5e actual play podcast with a focus on roleplay, making goofs, and storytelling. Join us aboard the Sea Monster for hijinks on the high seas as a diverse party searches for the fabled lost city of Atlantis. Find us on all major podcast platforms and on social media at From Afar Podcast. Come aboard the Sea Monster and join these four friends separated by distance but brought together through adventure. That's From Afar the Podcast. Don't forget to check out the links in the description of this episode. Sounds intriguing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Quite intriguing, an adventure, what seems to be in the high seas. So yeah, make sure you, you give them a listen and a follow. That brings us on to our new section, which is fast becoming one of my favorite ones. Yeah, the Twitter. The Twitter, what are we calling it? Twitter twatter. The Twitter twatter. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Let's just roll with that for now. Okay, that brings us to our next section, the Twitter twatter. No, it's not catching. It's yeah. not catching. It's, it's, yeah. it's convincing no. me. It's Twitter Twitter. All right. <laughs> this is where we ask on Twitter before we start recording. For any questions, any challenges you may have for us that we answer at the end of our recording session, today we've got a few. We've got a question from our friend, the surf-loving goth. And he asks, do we think that we might do something spooky for Halloween, like World of Darkness? Okay, honestly, I don't know what World of Darkness is, but we're going to search it quickly. And by the magic of editing, it's going to appear as if we knew. But obviously I spoiled it already because I've told you what we're doing. So by the power of Google, we've learned that this is uh, an RPG that we haven't played yet. Ooh. No, it's a, it says here that it's a dark, gothic, punk interpretation of the real world where supernatural beings such as vampires and werewolves exist in secrecy. Sounds like my kind of thing. I did rather enjoy Supernatural. I'm scared already. But yeah, I think... That would be cool to do for Halloween. Actually, last Halloween we wanted to to do something, but it was so close to our launch that we weren't really ready. But this time round, I think we have time yeah. to maybe do something like that. So thanks for the question and and the and and in turn for the, the recommendation. The recommendation, yeah. yeah. We're gonna check this out for sure. Um, maybe yeah. maybe we will. I think we will. I'm not sure if we'll play World of Darkness. I've always had this wanting to do a Halloween special where we play Dread. Yeah, yeah. For those you don't know, it's the a TTRPG where you use a Jenga tower for a couple of reasons. Alan and I are easily spooked, so that's <laughs> going to be funny in its in its own right. And then I'd love to to GM that one because Alan's pulse is uh, also quite funny. Yeah, it's not it's not great. I shake a lot. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for that question. We will definitely be looking into doing something special and spooky for Halloween. Next question is from our friend Matthew's Nerdy Nation, who asks, once I spy a peak is done, one way or the other, I don't like how he says one way or the other. What are you saying? Well, is... On the basis of today's episode, I think he's spot on. Spot on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think you'll do next? Well, we know what we're going to do next already. Yeah, we know the next two or three, yeah. I think, at this point. Yeah, and we have been giving little hints about what we're going to be doing in the subscriber episodes that we have in our buy me a coffee and i think matthew is one is one of our members so if you want to get some more information check those out but i will say that it is going to be fifth edition again 
I know it might be lame to some of you, but we did say at the beginning that I haven't DM'd in a while and this is all new to us right now, podcasting. So we wanted to get our feet wet with something we were familiar with. And then once this one is over, I spy a peak and the one I do next is over, then we'll start delving into other kind of uh, systems. Yeah. Which we are very excited to do as well. But yeah, I can also say that the game I'll be running isn't a book. I'm not getting it from a book or anything like that. It's actually, you can find it on D&D Beyond. So you can look around there. Don't want to say too much yet, you know. Yeah, we don't want to spoil. Yeah. And what else can I say? Well, yeah. we, we, we'll, we can start at the beginning. You'll be DMing. I'll be DMing, yeah. I'll be DMing. I'll get a chance to be a player for, for change. That's right. And that's what we're going to be doing constantly. Once I finish my campaign, Nick will pick up DMing again. We'll take it in turns. I suppose but, we can give a little spoiler. It's also set on the Salt Coast. Yeah, actually in the same year as this one. In the same year? Yeah. Will so there, there be a crossover? Perhaps, maybe not just now, maybe in the future. We will be inserting some one-shots from TTRPG creators, more indie ones. One for sure I hope to add is one from Albion Absi's Geographical Almanac. Check them out on Twitter. I'm a big fan. They have awesome content on the website. So make sure to check them out. And I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to spoil it for Nick, but it's one of the things they have on the website. And the other one is from D&D Duet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that. Yeah, it's a couple that write campaigns and one-shots and, you know, adventures for duets, which is right up our alley. So, yeah, I'll be seeing as it goes if I add more to the campaign. So it'll be a mix of this small D&D campaign thingy and other things that I'm getting from other creators so i'm looking very much forward to it so thank you for the question matthew and our next question well it's not really a question it's more a statement but i'm going to treat it as a question valerie says i love how alan is so serious looking and nick is just here for a good time so i'm going to phrase it as why is alan so serious looking and nick is here for a good time okay and this is referring to obviously the photo we had with the tweet yeah and the answer is very simple valerie Unlike Alan, I did my homework before today's <laughs> session. <laughs> Those keen listeners will have heard the last episode finish with me telling Alan to do some homework and prepare his character to level up. And he was doing some last minute revision there. Yeah, the dog ate my homework. <laughs> the owlbear ate my homework. Yeah. Or was it the walk? The walk, probably. But yeah, I, I, I started looking into multiclassing. <laughs> and I got sidetracked with that and then I didn't actually level my character and choose the things I had to so but yeah it, all good all good we started later but it's all good and the next and final question is from why Chris Chris why is the raw rules of D&D not in a grid but there's actually no raw suggestion of how to play on a table I would be confused by this one because I'm not sure if it's in the player's handbook or if it's in the DMG, both of which are sat in my living room and we're kind of in our hot and sweaty studio at the moment, aka the laundry room. But I, I think I know what he means in that, you know, all the spells and areas of effects and weapons and range is all described in feet. But as I said, I, I can't quite recall right now if it's the DMG or the player's handbook. There is a couple of pages which explain and show with pictures of dice actually on top of a, a grid and on a hex how these things work so there is some guidance there on how to play in a, on a grid 
And I imagine that if you just want to play on a table without a grid, just bring out a, a trusty ruler. Yeah, or alternately, just use your imagination, you know, the theater of the mind, like they say. We've been trying to do the same with, with this podcast, because obviously it's not easy to explain to listeners without a visual guide on what's going on on a map. So the less we use maps and grids for us, it kind of forces us to explain uh, the scene a bit more. So yeah, you can always do away with grids and, and systems and miniatures and again, just use theater of the mind. Anything works. That's the last question we've got at the time of recording. So thank you so much for that. Really enjoyed going through them. I want another challenge. I, I need to get one up on Alan. Yeah, yeah, we need a challenge ASAP. Um, shout out to Valerie for for quote tweeting us, asking people for, for a challenge for us. But yeah, it's time to end this recording. So... Whoa, but, whoa, hold your, hold your horses. Yes, well, this segment at least. Which takes us on to which segment? Oh, I think you know. The end of the episode club, the last one standing. Yeah. We're going to give you a password. You're going to use it in the comments. And we're going to laugh at it. Today's password is a real hoot. Real hoot. I like it. And a shout out today to Tenlosol that became our latest honorary member of the end of episode club the last one standing on discord so shout out to him thanks for listening until the end and with that we bid you adieu and thank you for tuning in we hope to see you next week as we delve into into the the dungeon. dungeon And so we pick up this week in a makeshift. <laughs> it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night. No, no, I'm really... And so we pick up this week in a makeshift. <laughs> Fuck. Makeshift. 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 And so we pick up this week in a makeshift camp inside the cave by the. Where? The Tower of Storms? Oh, is it? Fuck's sake. Fuck's sake. Todo, coño. Okay. I'm digging the sound of my new little rolling box, mm-hmm. which actually is not new and I've had for about 25 years. That you never used. Well, actually, I used it to store Dyson until this person that I know suggested that I should start rolling on top of it. Yeah, sounds sexy. The person or the, the sound of the dice rolling? Both. <laughs> <laughs> The cool night air wraps around you all like a thick cloak. There's a silence in the, the late afternoon sky. Sky. <laughs> <laughs>